BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is episode 96 of the Schmo Zone podcast featuring Helen Yee Sports. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. Our guest today for episode 96 is crew Bob Perez. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Uh, for everyone who's listening to this podcast and like you introduced him as crew Bob Perez, not coach Bob Perez. Tell the audience why it's crew Bob Perez. Uh, you know, it's just it, it literally means teacher. It's the Thai word for teacher and uh, boxing my whole life. Uh, Muay Thai for about 26 years now. So um, Sports Authority of Thailand uh, kind of years ago gave me, I guess, the OK to to teach Muay Thai, and then uh, Saxonton Jeremy, my Muay Thai coach, also gave me his blessing. So it just means teacher. But Coach Bob, Bob, whatever, I'm good with it. And the best stash in the UFC. Man, uh, I've I, I've seen some good ones, man. Uh, I have an up and comer amateur. It kind of puts me to shame. <laughs> so well, he's not in the UFC yet. Not though. yet. So yeah, you, you might be right. You might be right. And a little fun fact too: Bob Perez has known that David and I were a couple probably before most people like you were one of the first people to know that's been I, I, it was like early spring of 2019 I believe yeah. and uh I liked it I liked it from the jump man and look at you guys man you're killing it well we really appreciate the time you hosted us at your home yes. when we came to the gym we filmed some great content Main Street Boxing and Muay Thai yes, shout out yes. to there in Houston thank you and for those who aren't, aren't familiar you are the head coach of heavyweight Derek Lewis the yes. Black Beast one of the most entertaining figures in all of <laughs> professional sports not just MMA yes but you hosted us we had some great content with him and we always do over the years and very gracious and Always great times, great food, and thank you for everything. Oh, man, thank you guys, and always an open invite for you guys. Yeah, Jen and I, we've been empty nesters for a while, but recently um, our youngest came back with our with our grandson, so they're staying with us for a while, which is awesome. But uh, we still have extra rooms for you guys, though, for sure. We appreciate that. So you're here this week, UFC 272. Mm -hmm. You're going to be cornering Kevin Holland, someone that you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Since I believe 2020, but 2020, uh -huh. you're cornering him for the first time. Yeah, this is the first time, and you know you're you're always kind of not, not apprehensive. That's not the right word. You just don't know how it's gonna go. Kevin's been amazing. I, I love that kid, man. Yeah, everybody knows Big Mouth, but I I know I know Kevin, and he's a, he's a great young man. So are you gonna get Big Mouth to be able to listen to you, man? <laughs> that's gonna be interesting, man. You know. Somebody like Derek, you know, you, 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 you let them fight how they fight. And I, I think Kev is very similar. You just kind of have to let him do his thing. Of course, we do have plan A, B, C, D, you know, in the fight, things that we're going to look to do um, or things that we're going to look for. Now, whether or not he, um, he follows or dresses it yet to be seen, but the kid can be on autopilot and do well. 
Well, how did he approach you to ask you to corner him this weekend? This was probably, oh my gosh, maybe a month ago. Uh, he was in Houston training. He comes down, you know, periodically to train with me. And um, I finished his session, and he's still in the ring, kind of like taking his, I think, wraps off. And he's like, hey, man, what are you doing March 5th? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I have anything. What's up? He's like, hey, would you corner me? I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. So it is, it's always an honor. This is my 66th UFC corner. Wow. I've tracked every fight I've ever cornered, no matter how small or, or big. And your room, you have like a room dedicated to all your... Just all my memories, yeah. yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. I, I um, you know you get so many fighters and friends throughout the year, you kind of have to, or throughout the years, a lot of them, you know, kind of change out or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I go in there every night. I know it sounds cheesy, but you just kind of look around like, man, this is pretty cool life. Well, I remember when we went in that room a couple of years ago, you said your favorite moment was it, was it the MSG fight with Derek Lewis and um, uh, Daniel Cormier? Uh, it was probably the, the Volkov fight that you're referring to. That was okay. at T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Uh, where we just kind of, you know, I kind of had a light of fire under him, you know, we're, we're down four and, you know, he did exactly what he needed to do and what I asked him to do. And, and those moments are kind of a thing of beauty and, and very rare in, in, in coaching or cornering fighters, you know, um, we've had a few occasions with like Gonzaga, um, you know, to hit a certain combo, but that one was just perfect. And it was one of the best knockouts or comebacks ever. It was pretty awesome. And his balls was hot. That's the day. <laughs> That's the day, man. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can probably go back and watch the video because I don't know what Derek's going to do. We've, I've talked to you about that. Like, I don't know. Um, so he's taking his shorts off, and you can see me, like, mumbling, like, what the F are you doing? And he's like, watch. So he was already, the wheels are already starting to turn. And then, oh, the cup guy, Derek throwing the cup out there. Yeah. He was in Houston for the fight, and we're in the elevator together. And, like... I'm like, bro, what, what the hell were you thinking, you know, picking up Derek's cup like that? Because uh, one of our fighters, you know, our uh, students at the gym made this really cool video of him, put um, Take My Breath Away by Berlin, like the music was playing. And he's like, dude, if I knew I was going to get this much shit about it, he's like, I would have never, never done that. But he was a really cool guy. Would he have drank from a cup? Had he won in Houston? Derek? Derek, would he have taken? God, no. Okay. <laughs> Derek is a massive, <laughs> massive germaphobe. Dude, and so when I hand Derek his water, my these fingers are like, I'm like a, a T-Rex. They are so strong. Because when I get his water in between rounds at the gym, I cannot touch anything but the top of that cap. Because if I do, he won't, he won't drink it, man. Because dirty germs. So no, cup, <laughs> hell no. He would not do that. Would he eat chicken feet? before drinking out of his cup absolutely yeah for sure so you might have to give him that that option a option b man you have to do one but uh yeah he would definitely do that before drinking out of a cup (laughs) well let's circle back to Derek lewis but let's finish up on kevin holland Mm -hmm. uh he's going down to 170 this is not his first time fighting at 170 but it's his first time fighting at 170 in the ufc correct what a lot of people don't realize is like he's not a huge middleweight. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy for him. I, if he has to really cut weight at all, mm-hmm. he's always weighing in at under 185-pound limit. Yeah. Like, how smooth is this week going for him for the 170 pounds? Man, it's been pretty, like, just, like, easy for me as a coach. Um, I haven't had to do, like, any babysitting. And that's the only way. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, say it incorrectly, but one of my jobs in fight week is to make sure you as fighters need everything that – I get you everything you need. You know, you make weight and fight that's it that being said Kevin 
you know, the PI is doing all of his nutrition. He's following it to a T. Uh, last night he went to bed at 80. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He woke up at 80 this morning. Tomorrow he'll probably wake up 78. So we'll have eight pounds of water to cut, seven pounds of water to cut. And it's been like clockwork, man. And But, like, I, I wasn't here for other fights, like I said. But I know going to the arena, fighting at middleweight, he, you know, they check weight before you leave to the arena or when you get there. And 90, 91. 92 at the heaviest, you know, and he'll weigh in 85, 86. So there's, this is his weight. Uh, and I've always said it. He's done, I think, obviously he had an excellent 2020. 2021 wasn't so hot, but he fought some top-notch guys, like late notice fights. Guys are a lot bigger, you know. I don't know what, like, Vittori weighs, like, going into a fight, but, man, it's it's a lot. He's a big dude. And Kevin, you know, I think at this weight class he's going to have some really good reach, really good length, and he's he's got a lot of pop. And he's fought the who's who in that division. Absolutely, too, man. Absolutely, he's kind of like Derek. Like just like I, we're joking about it. Like you're a smaller Derek. Like, hey, do you want to fight so and so? Okay, that's it. Call Big Mouth. Well, how do you like the matchup, him versus Alex Oliveira? Man, I love it. I think it's a really good fight for Kev. I think it's it's a it's a good fight. Period. But I do like it stylistically for 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 Kev. Um, He's got length. Um, I think he's got speed. I think Cowboy is um, very powerful. I think Kevin is just as powerful, if not more pop in his hands. But, um, but yeah, I just I, I see Kevin winning this fight for sure. And earlier, behind the scenes, we were talking about him fighting the troll. <laughs> yeah. It was at your gym, It was right? at my gym, yeah. Um, do you want me to talk about it? or? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, first off, Kevin better win this fight, though, because oh, yeah, on the Triple C and Schmo Show with Henry Sudo, we do this weekly show, yeah. he's betting on Oliveira to win. Okay. It's 50 push-ups and a Speedo while eating Cheetos for the loser. I, I oh, got Kevin man. Holland winning. Yeah, tell him to get those Cheetos ready, man. For you, flaming hot, too. Yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to lose. He's going to lose. I think so, too. All respect to, to Henry, but... Brother, you messed up on I this I think one. so, too. I think he just loves to side with the Brazilians now that he's got a Brazilian wife. That's it, man. I, I can't blame him. I can't blame him, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to win this one. Yeah. All right. Now, now, tell us about the troll, right? So, uh, it was actually the day of uh, when Derek and, and Ty fought. And I had to go to the gym early that Saturday to, to work with Kev and, um, and uh, Johnny Parsons, you know, and then get on with the rest of my day for the fight. So I'm pulling up to the gym, and Coach Shug, who is uh, Kevin's longtime boxing coach, is like, Coach, where are you at? I said, I'm pulling up. <laughs> like, the next words out of his mouth, is it okay if Kevin fights a troll? I'm like, fine. Just make sure he signs a waiver. I'm on my way in. So I, I walk in, and I see this young kid, you know, sitting in the lobby. And, I mean, this nice average kid, man. He just ran his mouth a little too much. And uh, he's like, hey, Coach Bob. I'm like, hey, buddy, are you the one fighting Kevin? He's like, yes, sir. Very nice. So Coach Shug's walking up the stairs, and I kind of, like, look at him like, hey, bud, like, just give me a sign. You know, tell me, wink, shake your head. You don't have to fight Kevin. I was like, you say the, the word, and I'll be the bad guy. I'll pull the plug on it. He's like, no, sir, I'll, I'll fight him. I'm like, well, then you're going to have to take your, your medicine for sure. And, um, and he took it like a man. He went up there. Kevin was really cool. Kevin made it very clear. He's like, man, I'm not going to hurt the kid. Just beat up his body a bit. But And he, he got in there and did his thing. But uh, – yeah, I, I think it was definitely an eye-opener for that kid. I think a lot of times, you know, some of these people... Kevin had another one back home in, in Fort Worth, you know, um, at Looters at Luters Academy that, uh, you know, a guy was just trolling him about his wrestling or whatever, and he was confident he could, you know, take him down or sub him or whatever he said, and Kevin just smashed him. But he's been super kind, you know. Um, 
during these like you know fights or whatever or lessons taught you know he's been ultra kind Derek <laughs> is not yeah Kevin shows mercy Derek, Derek on the other hand, no. once he gets to that point <laughs> you're going to sleep man for sure and that's what Derek did to the troll right he yeah well to, to, to two of them um so everybody saw the one with the um the guy that said he was a boxer and, yeah. and there was a lot leading up to that that morning and then finally Derek was really angry and I mean the guy was out on the ropes and you know Derek's still well, pounding him out and I was like keep going I, I at that point I don't care yeah. because you pushed like you poked at the bear so much like it's well, whatever man you signed the waiver it says up to and including death on it so you know what man that's on you you're a dumbass you know for getting in there but I showed you guys a video and I never put it out there with a head kick Derek head kicked that guy and you know, uh, he was on Ariel, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, and uh, Derek brought it up, and that guy was like, man, I want a rematch. And I'm, oh, dude, no, let's, let's not do that for sure. How many trolls has he fought? Just those two. Oh, okay. Just those two. Um, there was another guy that had come in, but he was actually really cool. He just kind of wanted to see how Derek, like, felt, and he learned real quick, real quick. And Derek was ultra kind about that one because it was just kind of like, man, I just, you know, I want to see, you know. And I think this guy thought he was, like, a heavyweight fighter and he's not so yeah never a dull moment in your gym no yeah. I, and i love our gym and you know i don't want to give <clears throat> like a misconception we're not that gym you know i'd rather you join our gym become a member of the team you know we're all happy you know, we can fight you know get your fights we all make money have fun um but if it gets to a point where like they're just not listening to reason I have no issues greenlighting him. Well, I saw you guys open the door for Stylebender, the champion in Dude, Houston, too, were, and his whole team was there. They were amazing people, man, amazing people. And I, I respect so many coaches out there, but Coach Eugene, I just kind of, like, I give them their space, but I'll just kind of, like, watch. Because I'm always trying to grow or evolve myself, and he's super knowledgeable. The whole crew was amazing. Izzy's work ethic is amazing, and it was just really, it was cool. Um I guess fans saw on maybe embedded that he was at the gym. So he started Saturday night. They came in early and get acclimated, started Saturday night, like at seven 30 came back Sunday. And as the week progressed, they changed the time. So his body, you know, and his internal clock was getting ready for fight time. But on that Sunday, I see them park and I, I kind of walked him in and the film crews there. And this like fanboy jumps out from behind like a tree and was like, hey, Izzy, I'm a fan. Will you sign this? And Izzy was cool, but like all that could go through my head, like Izzy rolled deep to the gym. It's like, bro, you almost like you could have gotten smashed for that. But as each day progressed in the in the I guess episodes of Embedded were were shown, just you had 20, 30, 40 like fanboys just kind of like hanging out outside the gym, you know, and uh, towards the end. Izzy's people and Izzy, I think they just had, he was like their bodyguard, really cool guy that, that was like, or security that's like, no, nah, man, like, you're not going to get close to, to Izzy. But he was really cool, like the first time, you know, and he signed stuff and he's an amazing person. But man, like, he's here to work and he's here to train and he's starting to cut weight and it's a massive fight. Like, leave him alone. Well, do the fans ever do that? To Derek or just camp out and wait for him to walk out? A lot of, um, I think most people know that, that he trains at the yeah. gym. Uh, what's weird is like he, his like newest Lambo, like when, <laughs> when he parks it he outside. Loves cars. Oh God, he does. But when, this Lambo, and I don't even know the, I know nothing about cars, but it's a nice ride. But people will just stop and like take pictures with it. Or, I don't even know if they know it's Derek's, but um, you know, he also has a massive truck. 
yeah, that the says the one black right beast all over it. And he's like, you know, how the fuck they know I'm here? Well, bro, your truck literally <laughs> says the black beast and it's parked right in front. Take that shit off your truck if you don't want him to, to know where you're at, man. But um, Derek's always cool with fans. He's always cool with fans. Yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite. And sure. how is he doing? He's doing great, man. Yeah. You know, losing sucks and it's hard. Um, Ty was a, a gentleman and a great sport about it. And uh, I saw Derek for the first time because I always give him his, his space. So I, I visited him uh, earlier in the week. I, I, for, I forget when, but uh, Monday. It must have been Monday. And um, he looked great. He, you know, he's fine. You know, he'll fight again probably late late summer, maybe August. But, um, yeah, it, it was a tough one. And, and it's always difficult for, for these men and women that get in there um, to take a loss in front of the world, man. You know, it, it sucks. It's hard. What do you think the likelihood is of him fighting back in Houston? You know, man, I, I honestly like I'll nip it in the bud now. You know, like the, the serial fight obviously was just tremendous pressure. He couldn't perform. Ty, he was doing phenomenal, and then got caught with a, a nice right hand and a nice elbow. Um, but yeah, I think you know, even though this one, Derek's attitude, his demeanor, it was great. We had a, an amazing fight week, just like the Dawkins fight camp in, in like a couple months before it was amazing the serial one was 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 horrible that that fight week um but man i think i'll just kind of like i was a baseball player as you know and i'm kind of superstitious and i'm like yeah we're done we'll, we'll fight dallas austin saying we're not doing houston again for sure well speaking of being a baseball guy i know in your hometown specifically like mm -hmm. carlos correa mm -hmm. and stuff and mm -hmm. bregman they've mm -hmm. come to the gym they mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. And I know you told me when James Harden's been in town, mm -hmm. you've seen the Rockets players mm -hmm. like Westbrook at the time, too. Yeah. They've come in. Yeah. So who hits harder between the baseball players and the basketball players? Dude, let me tell you this. James Harden hits like this, first of all. He literally, <laughs> like, he's like, no video, no, no, no photos, and that's why. So, like, all I could think of in my head was, like, dude, if a fight breaks out, run. Run as fast <laughs> as you can, bro. Uh, but he's a massive man that, yeah, just doesn't hit too, too hard. Um, Carlos. And uh, and Lance McCullers are just studs. Um, to I've never trained uh, Bregman, but um, they. It's amazing to see such high level athletes knowing where they're at in their in their sport. I think they could do so many things because everything they do, they do, they give it everything and they're uh, Lance and, and Carlos are huge MMA fans they have their own podcast yeah they're a yeah. podcast they're yeah. very knowledgeable I think they really respect the fighters and, and the art and the sport and man they, they work their Carlos asses off. left us tickets last time we were in Houston during the UFC fight to, to watch the Astros game we sat in his family seat oh that's amazing yeah. man shout out to Carlos yes man I, I love him I, I trained his, his dad and his sister as well um they have a new baby so you know uh Mama Bear doesn't want him to, to come to the gym, so he respects that, and I'll train him at the house or whatever, but he's a, he's a great, great person. Um, you know, we've lost, I've always loved my Astros. Um, we've lost several over the years, but he would be one where I would be genuinely, like, sad if, if, if we lost him, man. But, you know, when I first trained him, you know, after all the, the season was over and everything, I'm like, dude, I'll never talk business with you, but all the guys said, please don't leave. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> That's it. It's depressing what's going on in baseball, too. They yeah. had to cancel, like, the opening series and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, it's, this is the first time they're not playing games in a season yeah. since the 94-95 season lockout. It's insane. It's, it's sad, man. It's, it's, 
crazy times. It, it's just crazy times for sure. Speaking of baseball, did you see D throughout the first pitch? I know you did. Yes. It was horrendous. Yeah. It was yeah. horrendous. But it was better than Conor McGregor's at Wrigley. I didn't see Conor's. They were they're pretty bad. They're probably on the same level. But uh, yeah, I was not impressed with Derek's throw. Well, but I was not either. So it was funny. Um, I was more excited than he was when his manager called me. I'm like, hell yeah, you'll do it. I had no idea. And like, you know, I had a feeling he'd ask me to go. And like I said, I played ball up into my mid-20s. But I'd never been on the field in a stadium like that. And it is just like, like just mind blowing, like how small you feel there. So when I got news, I, I still like tossed a ball around with my grandkids or whatever. And so I took a bucket and I marked off 60 feet, six inches. And I'm like, hey man, let's practice. And he's like, man, that shit's easy. I said, what? <laughs> I said, Derek, I said, you, you've never really thrown a baseball. Your hands are this big. The ball is this big. I said, you're gonna squeeze that damn thing as hard as you can and it's gonna hit the ground. And he's like, no, man, I got this. So as we're walking out of the tunnel, you know, I'm like, just like in a fight, I'm like, all right, Black Beast, let's go. And he's like, man, I'm more nervous than, than when I fight. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but after like he bombed the pitch, uh, Orbit, the mascot, pulled out a sign yeah. and said, he's okay. Yes, <laughs> I was I thought that was so clever. It was awesome. But man, it's moments like that. Like, I'm going to bust his balls about that forever. But like, just as a friend, like, I'm so happy for him, like to know where he's been and what he's been through, and you know to see him thrown out first pitch, like dude, that's so cool, so cool. I'm happy for him. It's a bucket list thing. Absolutely, it's huge. Absolutely. Well, I know you mentioned that he's someone who's down to basically fight anybody, mm -hmm. but as his coach, who would you ideally like to see him fight next in the summertime? Man, you know, um, in regards to like ranking or title contention or whatever that's not even going through our minds right now so to answer your question you know just kind of looking at the top 10 he's kind of been he's fought everybody yeah. with the exception of you know Stipe's turned him down a couple times so we're like and I, I know that fight's not going to happen so we're not going to ask for it again because we'd asked for that before um Ty Ty was offered to us after like like, hey, can we fight Stipe next? In February. Uh, whenever it was going to be. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly, for this this last one. Okay. And, and it doesn't mean that we were going to fight Stipe, like, that same night, but, yeah. you know, like, soon. So uh, Jarzinho's the only one that 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 uh, that pops in, in my head that he hasn't fought in the in the top ten. Um, we, I, we randomly ran into yeah, Jarzinho. Yeah, we did. And he's a great dude. Like, great the, guy. Uh, We've tried to avoid it as much as we can because uh, Lou, Lou manages both yeah. of them. He loves them both, you know, but it, it's going to be, I think, in, in, inevitable, you know, for sure. But I could also see the UFC trying to, like, there's the up-and-coming guys, the sure. guys that have just cracked the top 15, like Tom Aspinall yeah. is fighting Volkov. Yeah. I could see them, if Tom Aspinall wins, trying to have we him We would absolutely do that. It's the thing with Derek, and I don't think people believe me, but he really doesn't watch the UFC, and you say, hey, will you fight so-and-so? He's like, okay, has no idea who they are. He just says, okay, that's it. I think in all these years together, 24 fights in the UFC, he said no one time, but it was something either medical or like family. I don't remember, but like Derek has never said no, ever. Well, you've accomplished so much and obviously so much together with Derek as well. Mm -hmm. But when you reflect kind of on your journey too, what moment are you most proud of? Man, every time he steps in the cage and like I, every time from like the first UFC to, to now, like I always kind of look at him 
and I, it's almost like a proud dad. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm so freaking proud of you, man. You know, to hear the crowd and to see him, like, just being su- successful, you know, whether he ever captures a title or not, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, he's a knockout king, like, he's a millionaire. Like, dude, you've done so well, you know? And he's still got a lot of fight left in him. I just want him to quit when he's ready When he's ready to quit. I never want him to fight because he has to fight financially. But, man, to answer your question, every time he gets in there, I, I really do. I just kind of look at him like, dude, you're the man. See, that's what I think I butchered at the beginning of the podcast. I think when I did that IG Live with you, you had, like, the shorts or the fight kit from the fight with DC. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like, at that moment, before the oh, fight and everything like that, yes. I'm so proud of you. That's- yeah, no, absolutely. So, like, you know, when... You know, Derek's fighting one of the goats, you know, and uh, I think we had 28 days, 21 to prepare. And, like, it's MSG. Like, dude, you, you made it, you know. You, you, you made it. So, you know, it, of course he's sad. You know, lost to Cyril, you know, sad, you know. But he made it to, to two title shots, man. And, like, you make it to the Super Bowl a couple times. You win or lose, you know, made it to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm so proud of him. And how difficult is it to be a top five oh, fighter God. in any weight division yeah. in the UFC, in the best organization in the world? It, it is so hard, man. I think that's why, I mean, a lot of people, and I know you have so many educated fans, and some that are new, I don't think they have any idea how difficult fighting is. I really, at this level, it's so hard. You know, you can look at, you know, Carlos Correa, you know, oh, that guy sucks. No, that guy's one of the best in the world. That's why you're paying to watch him. You know, like they're the best at what they do. And all of these men and women that are in the UFC, especially the top five, are amazing at what they do. And like you mentioned, he's also the knockout king. Mm-hmm. So how hard is that, right, to yeah. knock out that many opponents? We didn't opponents. even bring that up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's etched in stone in the record books yeah, forever. And, forever. And the yeah. longer he keeps fighting, he's going to keep – it'll be caught up with, I think, one day. But – um Man, I, I hope it doesn't. You know, I'd love him to, to keep that record for forever. But if, if you know, say he fights another three years, because he is healthy and he is making improvements all the time. Um, dude, man, he could he can rack some up for sure. And the beauty of that, I had said it in a in a post once he had the all time record. The and Derek doesn't like to talk about it, and you know, I'll just kind of keep it brief. But the knockout king tattoo that he has, he got that because of reputation he got while he was in prison you know and now to be the the official knockout king in the largest like biggest fighting organization in the world is there's there's beauty in that to me man like to turn his life around that way is so cool so cool it's like full circle 100 percent. and i love the bond and the friendship that you oh, guys man. have i i would do anything in, in the world uh for him like i said i like to joke it's like i don't even know if Derek likes me you know <laughs> but but no man he's he's shown me such kindness, you know, um, and I've had a lot of fighters, you know, they'll, they'll burn you financially, you know, like it's just part of the, you know, an unfortunate part of the business. Derek has, has never let me down. He's always taken care of me, you know, financially, which allows me to help with my family and stuff. He's just a great person. And then just certain things he's done in, in, in our friendship to show the type of dude he is, the type of man he is. He's a great person. Have you ever, this is kind of random, but have you ever asked him like where he finds those memes for his Instagram? No, I, I, I'm telling you, and I get like so much hate for it because I hate that shit. I was like, dude, it's not funny, you know, just because I was like, it's all like unoriginal, bro. Yeah, I was like, come up with your own stuff. And he's like, you know, F you, Bob, you know, whatever. I just like to bust his balls. But like, I was like, man, you just you reposting other people's stuff. He gets so mad at me. But no, I literally think he doesn't train. If he's not fighting, he's not training. So I literally think all day. 
He just looks for stuff. He's an evil genius, man. He really is. It's great content. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even if no, it's not his content, but people are quoting him or repurposing it, <laughs> yes. all thinking it's him. Oh, he's dude. like built a brand. Oh, off dude, of it's it. amazing. I love it, man. But like I said, I, I just like to. I was like, I hate that, Derek. That's stupid. And every now and then, I'll send him that like picture of Jesus, kind of looking around the corner. <laughs> you know, after when he sends something like or puts something like really horrible. Um, I know one of the first things that he ever put up was like. I don't know some dude on the on the, the roof of like a like a pool house and he's gonna jump in the pool and like almost dies, and Dana like messaged him and he's like oh I'm in trouble like he's gonna get me. he's like dude that was hilarious Dana was like dude that was that was awesome so I think that was like his green light to just be <laughs> crazy boss says it's okay that's right it's man. okay to that's go that's right that's right but what was it like when you two first met I mean I'm sure it was a long time ago uh-huh. so it's been about about ten years. Um, you know, he was still, I mean, he still got so much to, to like work on. But when I first met, I mean, he was just green, 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 raw, 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 raw. And um, his other coach, his for, former coach, his first coach asked me if I would hold pads for him and give my feedback. And I did. And I'm um, like, this kid's special. They had a falling out or whatever. And he came to visit me. And, um, you know, he's like, hey, I'd like you to train me what does it cost? You know, he just, he didn't know the, the business. I said, well, normally this is what it's going to cost. Um, but right now my exact words, I'll always remember. I was like, you don't have a pot to piss in, man. So I don't need you to pay me this fight. And even the next fight, like let's, I need you to build trust with me and a bond with me. I'm not out for your money and I'm not saying don't pay me now so I can get you later. I'm like, you're going to know I'm a good dude and we're going to be all right. And that was like our first encounter. I mean, we'd seen each other through the fight scene locally, but, um, I think, you know, Derek's had so many people kind of do him wrong that, like, I think once he realized, hey, I can trust Bob and Bob loves me and, and it's, it's beautiful. But Derek's so quiet. There are times we're driving around or whatever. <laughs> like, if there wasn't music playing, like, not a word is said because he's a quiet man, quiet man. But sometimes you learn a lot from people in silence. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So there's a lot of silent moments between <laughs> you two? <laughs> a lot. I don't know if I learn a lot, but... but uh, <laughs> But no, he's just, dude, he's just a cool guy, man. Um, his kids, I, I love his son so much. Uh, the little one, well, he's not little anymore, but he literally looks like he took a chunk of Derek and just made this little person. Um, I think, you know, he's he's really smart. Both his, his sons are smart. His oldest daughter, she's going to be going to college next year. Um, but he's raising them. Like, I'm, I'm proud of how he's, like, just being a good dad and, I remember being at the house, this was a couple years ago, and he was yelling for the boys, and they didn't say what, or they didn't say huh. They were like, sir? And like, and being from Texas, that's like, you know, if I didn't say sir or ma'am, like younger, I'm getting my ass whipped, you know? And like, he, they're, they're good, respectful kids, man, for sure, for sure. They've got a great life, too. We need more of that, too. Did you see that viral video of those kids bullying that one kid in England and stuff? Oh, my gosh. That was hard to watch. I I just – I can't – we live in a world where, like, just bullying Mm -hmm. seems to be a a common thread and people posting it on social media. And it's like I don't know where these kids get the idea that they could do this to somebody else. Like, where are their parents raising them? Where are the role models? Yeah, man, uh, it's, it's an unfortunate reality that, that we're in, in that regard. And, you know, I'm I'm almost 50 years old. And so, man, I was in my, a bunch of fights as a kid, you know, schoolyard fights or even in high school, whatever. But it's kind of one of those things, um, 
you know, you get into a fight, you know, even if you're being bullied or whatever, you get in a fight, they whip your ass or, or, or vice versa, and, it, and it's all good. But now it never seems to end with like the cyberbullying. Like there's no like, hey, we're going to fight and we're going to squash it. It just doesn't stop. And then this poor kid, like I said, I didn't see the video, but it's just, it's going to be viral and he's going to, I mean, people hate to say, I mean, they become suicidal, they, you know, like kill themselves. That's horrible. You don't want to even think that, you know, I'm, I'm a granddad. I'm going almost well, six grandkids now. And like, it's just, I'm very scared of, of that future because, you know, and I'm not perfect by any means, but I do try to instill work ethic and kindness and discipline and, and just being a good person with, with my, with my, especially my grandkids, my grandsons, especially to teach them how to be good men. Um, it, we're missing that, man. I mean, if social media is here to stay, which it is, mm -hmm. and it's only getting more prevalent in people's lives, there's just got to be more positivity promoted through social media, more support groups, anti-bullying stuff. Yes. Like literally just people, there are people out there that just want to be a part of things. Mm -hmm. And if you get them a part of something like this, spreading positivity, yeah. like the whole anti-bullying thing, if you could spread a message in a positive way and we have all the resources do, to do it, why don't we do it? Instead, we just focus on the negative mm -hmm. and just shit on each other, yeah. shit on what's happening in the world hating on people's religions hating yeah. on people's polit political views F screw all that shit it's it's i mean i'm i'm over it i'm i'm tired of all of it man you know i think it was tyson that said you know like yeah especially like people like cyberbullying or, or you know trolling or whatever he's like you know they're people don't get punched in the mouth anymore for like their, their actions, yeah. you know? And that's, you know, going back to like the troll thing, like, man, it's kind of good sometimes to get your ass whipped. Everybody has to be put in their place sometimes. I'm not saying it has to be violent, but like, dude, you, you know, you've got to be checked. Yeah. Nobody's getting checked anymore, you know? And um, I, I don't mean that to be harsh, but it's just kind of a, a, a reality, man. I'm not saying you got to whip everybody's ass, but like, dude, man, quit being an asshole, you know? Yeah. I, I, as a coach, I try so hard to be positive and to be loving and, and be like father-like because so many of my my fighters didn't have dads or you know had broken homes or whatever and you know everybody they need people in their lives to keep them up and we just keep fucking each other up tearing people down man it's terrible yeah i mean it's it, people lose the ability to talk to people in person to have real conversations yeah, because they're just <sighs> hidden behind a keyboard they think they can say whatever they want to say yeah. and that's a huge reason why we do this podcast in person mm -hmm. we don't do zoom or mm -hmm. we did that in the beginning stages of doing this podcast mm -hmm. especially in the pandemic when we couldn't get people live here in studio but the raw authenticity of just sitting in a room and having a real genuine conversation and, 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 it's missing and i and i love that man so and i'm obviously I'm, you know, I have a science background, but like, I'm obviously no, no doctor or anything like that. But, um, I have anxiety. I have anxiety. I have anxiety. I can't today. I have anxiety. And I think anxiety is a very real thing, yeah. but it's exactly kind of hitting on what you said because they're here. They don't have the ability or the social skills to interact, to have human connection, to, to speak face to face to somebody. And when they do, they freak out because they don't know what to do. And I think we were just like said earlier, this crazy times, man. But I think anxiety, like I said, is obviously real. But they'll kind of like just use that as an excuse to not have to deal with other people face to face. And that's sad, man. I don't I, I don't I don't want that. I don't think anybody does. No, for sure. And there's ways to beat it. Like keep setting an example and demonstrating that there are people out there that care, that want to have real authentic conversations mm -hmm. and just, you know, live life yeah. in a way they want to live it rather than 
a lens that they think other people or their parents want them to live it in. And absolutely. You just got to put a stand. You got to be free thinking. A hundred percent, man. Like, you know, when you talk about like the impact of social media, especially on, on youth or like you know, even my, my daughters, my oldest is 27. The youngest is 21. And I like to tease my youngest one, especially I call her a baller on a budget because she has no money. She's 21 years old and she's just figuring life out, you know, and we're going to help her always. We love her to death, but she's got to have on like these Gucci shoes or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you're broke. You ain't got no money. Yeah, you know, like mom and dad have decent money, but like we're 50 and we've been working forever, you know? So it's this, yeah, the whole Instagram versus reality thing, oh, man. God. That's a very real thing. You know, I can't. So if I ever like something that you guys post, it's because I got on to like check my DMs for, for business stuff or, or private lessons or whatever. And, oh, there's a smell. Boom. I like it. Or there's Helen. I can't scroll through it. Like I've made the mistake of like <laughs> looking at the discovery page every now and then. And I just get like angry as patient as I am and loving as I think as I am. Yeah, I, I'm gonna need. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's 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 a weird line for me. And Helen chime in because she sees me do it all the time. But like our business for how we operate, a lot of it's based on social media. Sure. So I have to measure analytics. I have to look at things and see yeah. what's relevant and stuff like that. But it does eat at you. I know it eats at me, and <laughs> Helen knows it eats at her. And like it's just being honest with it. Like yeah. For but sure. I do my best to not read the comments, and that's something I know she. That that's something I, I try not to do. If if Derek or any of our higher like profile fighters, you know, taken out, I'm like stay off, yeah. stay off. Don't 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 do that to yourself, man. Yeah. You know, I remember with like Ronda Rousey, and, and like I didn't know her. You know, I we had many fight cards like together, but once she started losing, she was the greatest thing ever. And then once she started losing, you know, I mean, she was on suicide watch, man, and like come on man that's horrible that's so rough man so rough you don't wish that on anybody man on, on anybody but isn't it crazy how quickly people turn on you when you start losing 100 percent, and man. how much they just want to jump on you when they perceive you as winning man that that we see it all the time Derek literally changes his phone number every fight every fight so it, it's either like family wow. members that that are that he hasn't seen in years or friends that you know they they don't call for a birthday or how's the family or you know hey you want to go have a beer like no it's like hey man you just won a million dollars you know like what what can you do for me and it's it's horrible man um yeah yeah it's it, it's it's bad and he's probably paid a lot of money to his family in the early days Derek has taken very good care of a lot of people man and um you know I won't get too far into it he's confided in me but like his heart's always in the right place. I, I think, you know, sometimes just me as a friend, I'm like, buddy, do what you feel is right, but just be careful. Just be careful. Yeah, sometimes it's scary to think that the more successful you become, mm -hmm. the more, in a way, it's like you're a target and oh, everyone ends up wanting something from you and you don't know their intentions. That That's the thing with this, you know, um, you're winning, you know, Everybody, everybody loves you. You lose, man, it's crickets. It's crickets, man. And I realized, like, as friends, like, you've reached out before, like, man, hey, Bob, we're sorry, you know, like, we love you. That means so much to me. And I think a lot of times friends don't kind of know how to, uh, like, uh, you know, approach it. Yeah. You know, is Bob going to be more hurt or angry if I, like, no, man, I, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, like, Derek's going to have his phone off for a couple weeks until he can you know, get his, his head right. But me, I mean, I never, you know, turn my phone off. Um, but yeah, man, sometimes it's just like, 
like radio silence and that that that's that that hurts you know but all these people you know they always hit you up man i can do this for him no you can't no you cannot he's got one of the best managers in the business one the in my opinion number one company in the business and they taking very good care of him i don't know if you know this derek's the highest paid non-champion in ufc history so like you see a lot of estimated salaries or whatever i'm like dude that's not even not even close. It's you fake know? news. It's fake news. Yeah. Yeah. So what they release the public is never the actual figure. Yeah, and it's like I don't know it's where they a get figure. That. Yeah, it's a it's figure. maybe like a base or something yeah. without bonuses mm-hmm. or anything. Oh no, it was like a third of what Derek makes. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I don't know where y'all got this from. Yeah. Well, rightfully so, heavyweights make the most oh, money. 100%. He just happens yeah. to be the knockout king yeah. and the artist, yeah. and, 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 and he rightfully deserves. so. And he's Derek. Yeah, he's. I'm so it adds sad. up. Yeah, it, he deserves it. Absolutely. But to kind of retouch on it, I want to say it was Chuck Liddell, and you might be able to look up the quote, but he's like, man, when you're winning or you're champion, everybody loves you, and then when you lose, it's like you never deserved it in the first place, you know? And Mm. he's exactly right, man. Yeah. From a schmo perspective, at least all of us here at this table, like when we went to see you in February of 2019, it was a month before or two months before, like a lot of people in MMA and the UFC world noticed the schmo Mm -hmm. and what the schmo was all about so you saw how like no one knew who i was and now if i'm in the same situation it's the complete opposite of course from like the first time i was in your gym to the most recent time i was in your gym it's like night and day and it's crazy how that works yeah absolutely man it's we're a we're a strange um species man for sure (laughs) and and when helen uh does what she's gonna do and her swimming career, it's mm-hmm. going to be the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and like, so when you're in the public eye, you know, I'm, I'm just a coach, but man, I'll get it. You know, everybody that, you know, like it, it just, it, it sucks. I remember several years ago, I, you know, I had cornered with coach Greg Jackson, who, man, I, I love that guy. You know, um, I saw him, it was at a UFC and he's like, man, coach, you're doing really well. And I'm seeing you at more and more. It's like, if people started hating on you yet, I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, well, then you're doing great, man. You know, it's like, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. I'm like, thank you, sir. You know, but it's, it's true. It's true. Um, I just focus on the positive and the positive people and, um, my family and my goals. That's it, man. That's it. I'm happy. I'm happy. And I'm happy to see how much your gym has grown too. Yeah, I especially mean, especially the past few years. It's pretty amazing. So, I'd say on average, like right now, we've got about 50 pro boxers, you know, and um, we've got guys that come from all over the world to do their camps with us. And then we've got about 50 MMA and, and Muay Thai fighters. And then we're redeveloping our amateur boxing program. So we have about 15. Actually, the Golden Gloves are going on right now back home, but. Um, yeah, so about 115, 120 fighters, about 600 members, you know, um, it's doing well. And one of those members, uh, correct me if I, I, I don't want to get this wrong, because I think I saw on social media, mm-hmm. um, you know, your business partner does the boxing side, mm-hmm. Bobby. Mm-hmm. He trains this this gentleman who's in his 70s and is winning titles <sighs> yeah, and just won another that. title. Let me, let me tell you. And he you. looks like he's 50. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. His name is Rick. And Rick, I wish like some of these younger kids, even some of my younger fighters, come in at six in the morning and see how this old man works. And this guy is a absolute, absolute savage. He is a, um, a geologist that still works. He's 73. He still works. He was actually, he was a tenured professor, I believe at the University of Houston. Um, and he fights on the weekends. He, he trains every single morning. 
you know, and you know, I, one of the first photos I ever put of him, like he's jacked and I'll TRT. Well, I'm he's sure he is. And I would too, if you know, like, you know, like he's 73 years old, but he'd whip your ass. I guarantee it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I mean, I love that like yin and yang because like I said, he's like professor geologist has a ton of money and he also goes and, and grinds it out every day with, with, with boxers and then fights on the weekend. I just see this 73 year old man holding up championship belts with (laughs) his boxing gloves, his wraps on. I'm like, holy shit, this is a man. It's amazing. And he's like, he's just like a pleasure to talk to man. Like if you spoke to him, he'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. But if you listen to him to talk about the earth or geology or like science, oh my God, mind blowing. That's crazy. Mind blowing. Yeah. David loves science and like alien talk. So all Weird talk, but that's included. I like that. I like that too, man. That's so, included. Are you kind of under the impression that when we can't explain something, that it was aliens? There are so much we don't know, yes. and everyone loves to have an answer for uh-huh. something, uh-huh. even though when they don't have the answer, and two people are too insecure to say, "Hey, I just don't know." No, for sure. It's, for sure, it drives me insane. But we know more about space than we do our oceans. A hundred percent. And there are so many different things that are out there. But one thing that is not out there is the absolute facts, mm-hmm. the truth, the mm-hmm. 100%. So anything is possible. So there is nothing. So to answer your question, there is nothing evidently for me to go out there and say, Bob, you're fucking wrong. No chance. No way in hell. Other than just my own opinion. Yeah. And I'm not naive to say that to you. Yeah. So that is 100% plausible, just like anything else could be. Absolutely. So I, my wife, it drives her nuts because I will watch Ancient Aliens. And I am, like I said, I'm a former scientist, you know, as you know. And it's kind of hard to sometimes break away from I have to see this proven. But when it comes to that, man, especially, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of getting a second degree and actually like um, – uh, anthropology physical anthropology or possibly archaeology um and i just want to go study like the the pyramids in mexico and um i'm absolutely fascinated with like uh chichen itza and the yucatan or uh, teotihuacan and like if you look at what's inside some of these like it it's pretty alien man it's kind of amazing (laughs) it's it's crazy to think about my favorite class in college was biological anthropology and um I think maybe, where did I see it? Maybe it was like one of a Rogan podcast or mm-hmm. something like that. But the eye in Africa and how that could have been um, Atlantis, yes. like everything just adding up. But what I think, what I've been believing in more so now than ever before, it's like there's so many different theories. Like our species, humans, could have been aliens to this planet brought here mm-hmm. to begin with. Sure. That's very plausible too. Absolutely. But I think how advanced we are as a society now, there is a possibility we were this advanced, maybe even further advanced, even technologically advanced, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands, may, dare I say, millions of years ago. Yeah, it's insane when you look at the pyramids. Have you been to the to the Yucatan and seen like Chichen Itza? I want to. We want to go to Egypt yeah. to see yeah, the pyramids. To. Think about how perfectly shaped the pyramid is in Egypt, yeah. and think about how long ago that was. Th- that's the thing, and you have to actually kind of picture it covered in. I forget what stone that they had in abundance out in like like the. Uh, in in Egypt, but it's not. You just see the remnants, and you see the rock. You just see the sand. Stone. You see yeah. like the withering of yes, that, that material. It, like 
white, like a shimmering white and like gold at the top. I'm sure. And it, like in, in Mexico, they would use um, like plaster, you know, so you just see the stone right now, but they would use plaster and it would be, they would use, you know, pigment from the earth. So either like a red or like aqua, um, like turquoise color. So these pyramids that you see, you have to kind of picture them, these really vibrant like turquoise and reds. But when you see my point is how they're made, it's, it's mind blowing the, you know, how advanced they were, you know, it's just, it's not, I couldn't do it. Machu Picchu <laughs> as well. Uh, so I, I've never been to Peru, but I've always wanted to, Me too. to see That's that. That's on my list too. Yes. But so uh, the largest pyramid they actually, you know, everybody I think believes is, is in, is in uh, Egypt, but no, it's in, it's in Mexico, right outside, about 30 minutes out of Mexico City, Teotihuacan. Uh, I think it's the Pyramid of the Moon. It's actually larger. And uh, if you look at, and I'm sorry to ramble, man, but I'm a freaking nerd. Yeah, so, no, <laughs> he loves this yeah. So if you go to um, Chichen Itza, which is in the Yucatan, mm -hmm. um, it's called El Castillo. Okay, that's the largest pyramid there. When you add the sides, including the platform, it equals 365. So in the spring and fall equinox, they believed in a god called Kukukan, you know, which is like this serpent god, which I think a lot of people have discussed. Uh, were mistaken for like spaceships or aliens, you know, like a dragon or serpent. But the head of Kukulkan, so this snake head, is at the four bases. But during the spring and fall equinox, coming down the steps, you the light rays form uh, like cascading, undulating snake going down to the head of Kukukan. So you can you can look it up. It's called I think the descension or the descent of Kukukan, and it's the spring and fall equinox. But from the base of or the platform of the pyramid to the base where each head is, it looks like an undulating snake from where the, the light rays are, are, are re re reflecting off of the stone. It's mind blowing. This planet's fascinating. Absolutely. There are so many different unique things. Even just, have you ever seen the Northern Lights? I've never had. The Aurora Borealis is like one of those things where I'm like, uh, and you know, Lauren and Joe from Alaska. So I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. you got to like tell mm -hmm. me about it. And they're like, we can't. We can't tell you about it just because you you have to oh. experience it's, it's, it. It's breathtaking. I, so you've checked it out? Like I've seen it uh, in my late teens or early 20s mm -hmm. um, one time. Yeah. Fascinating. I believe it, man. I absolutely believe it. Um, what do you think? I'm, we're we're going to see it. Yeah, I've only seen later. images on Google. It looks so beautiful. But, like, I just can't imagine you seeing gotta it. got to contribute to these conversations. Come on, get in, girl. Like, uh, I just can't. Uh, she uh, always shies off and just listens in the background. Oh, man. No, I enjoy listening. See? It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm learning. Talk. We can nerd out, man. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's, it's always... There's so many things that people are uncomfortable talking about, mm -hmm. and they're always uncomfortable talking about when they don't know. Mm -hmm. But if they all of a sudden give something a label, or I believe in this, I mm -hmm. believe in that, mm -hmm. and they just shut it all off, like yeah. they're just gonna keep, you know, yeah. having the same narrative or same viewpoint without ever checking it or challenging it or growing. Absolutely, you it's mentioned part of living. Yeah, you mentioned uh, biological um, anthropology, mm -hmm. and if you look at it like at it from like a like like social. Uh, anthropology yeah um you have something called like cultural pluralism you know that's kind of like we're all different and you have to t kind of take these things we believe what we believe but you just kind of have to look at things like okay man this isn't for me but i'm not going to damn you for it or condemn yeah. you for it at the end of that class i remember uh in school um we had to 
go to a religious ceremony, a wedding, or something outside of our own um, belief system or, or our culture. And I went to a Sikh wedding, and it was beautiful. But my job as an anthropologist was just to observe and take notes on everything that I had. And I remember professor being like, guys, I do not want your opinion. Do not say, I believe in this and they believe in this. Um, and sure as shit, a lot of them did. And of course they failed, but like, you just have to view these things like, man, we're, we're all different. Um, I have this fighter and he's been MIA for about, uh, uh, about seven or eight months because he got married. His name is uh, Iraj Aliyev, a six foot tall 125er. And just had his pro debut in Mexico last year. But Six feet tall and 125. <laughs> He's from Tajikistan. So we went to go fight. I just cornered him by myself. We went to Mexico. And, um, you know, he's, he's Muslim. And, you know, he calls me his dad. And he's, I call him my son. So I like, we had a lot of downtime. It's just the two of us, like I said. So I like to ask about his religion and his culture. Like, I want to know him on a yeah. personal level. And he said something to me, honestly, that'll kind of always stick to me. So, you know, I, this is out of my ignorance. I'm like being that it's, you know, the vast majority is, is going to be Muslim there. Is this something that you're, you're born into? Like I was born Mexican Catholic, dude, I'm going to die. That's just how it is. You know, as far as like my family's concerned or our culture is concerned, but he's like, no coach, you know, I didn't have to choose being Muslim. I could have, you know, chosen whatever I want. He goes, this is just what's best for me. He goes, I mean, you have to think 30 years ago in my country, if you believed in God, they'd kill you. And we forget those things. I forgot that, you know, like it's just, it's insane, man. It's insane what some of these people have to, have to go through. Man. It all leads to the same thing, but like why have everybody believe in the same thing? Like why the conformity, you yeah. know, what's the purpose behind it? Yep, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You need to question things. For sure. Absolutely. I love talking religion cultures politics of course you're you're always kind of you know like on the fence about but man you can tell me whatever you believe in that's cool man it doesn't mean that's what i believe it's just I, you have to get to know people man and and have an open mind yeah, absolutely we, we won't talk politics no god all no. it does is yeah. just divide people. yeah that, that's the thing man the uh, second i open up about politics <laughs> i just cut 50 percent of the audience and that's what's scary about it man that's what's scary about it but like you know you and i a uh, personal conversation man I'd, I'd love to know what what you think you know just because like dude we're the same you know we're yeah. I, we're definitely the same you know you just people think a little differently sometimes for sure no it's a great mindset and a great topic to have leading into yeah. ufc 272 yeah. we're talking about a huge huge grudge match between yeah. uh two former teammates yeah can you imagine if that happened at your gym dude i i just i can't you know i think top team is such a massive massive gym uh and i i don't know this i think you might have your little like you know, separatism in there maybe with certain coaches or certain groups of fighters. I don't know if that's the case, but it's a massive gym. But And I don't know how the beef started, but I just can't imagine that happening at, at our gym. That would be insane. Well, I think from what I've been reading, at least this past week, Jorge's been saying that Colby, according to him, didn't pay one of his coaches, and it kind of stemmed from there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can easily see that, you know? And I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Covington, like, oh, you're, but I mean, it could happen. You know, it could happen yeah. and it could definitely cause some, some bad blood. But do you think there's an advantage to either Colby or Jorge 
in regards to like now Colby's training with MMA mm-hmm. Masters, like a new team, mm-hmm. but Jorge is still training with the same coaches mm-hmm. that are familiar with and, Colby. And that region, I guess, is so tight. Like True. I know Colby's coaches know Jorge. Mm-hmm. I know Jorge's coaches certainly know Colby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It all overlaps. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, going to a new gym is either going to be really good. And I think this is the second fight that he's been with, with MMA Masters, I think, uh, Covington. Maybe third. I think third. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he seems to be obviously doing well and, you know, he likes it, you know, and it's a very good gym. In, um, but I think the familiarity of your team and your coach and knowing that they know your opponent, um, I, I, I like that fight for, for Jorge, for sure, for Masvidal. I like that fight. You think he wins? I think, I, I think, I think he's going to win. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fight. fight. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. Kobe, Kobe can he can fight, and the man can wrestle. My I my my thought right now. I mean, here's how it goes. If this thing goes to a decision, mm-hmm. I like Kobe. Mm-hmm. But if this fight ends at any point before a decision, mm-hmm. I got Orhe. I I think Masvidal's going to finish him. I do. I really do. I mean, he's such a dog. He technically, I think, just gotten better and better. Um, was it uh, Usman that caught him mm-hmm. with the yeah. with the, the peel? Um, you know that was kind of a. I mean, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful what, what Usman did. But uh, man, I, I just I love his style, and he's he's just a dog, man. He's 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 mean. He is a dog. He's mean. If if you're gonna know, I think in the first minute, I think so. How this fight's gonna go? Because yeah. if Colby can't take him down, mm-hmm. and then you know we're in for a fight. Yeah. Like, and I think Mas- Masvidal's the kind of guy, kind of like Derek, where like, man, get mad. Because I think a lot of fighters, it's to their disadvantage when they get emotional mm. or, or whatever. But man, if you want to get knocked out, piss off Derek. But, but piss him off. Piss off Jorge. Here's how or- bad. Here's, I want to give Jorge props. Mm-hmm. How cool, calm, and collected is he leading up into the moment fight? A hundred percent. Everything through how he walks out, how he handles Hall Fight yeah. Week. Yes. He, his demeanor... It's like, it's, you know, it's Scarface-esque. Uh, and that's why it comes out that's to a it. Great, uh, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. He's been fighting since he was almost 16, something like that. The street brawling, yeah, I the mean, backyard like, brawling. You don't give a damn, you know, and he's just cool, calm, and collected. But those emotions, I guarantee, are in there, and it's going to come out when he gets to swinging. Well, since we're talking about welterweights, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on Hamzat? Stud, yeah, stud. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so that's that's kind yeah. of like. I mean, what's his record right now? Ten and zero. Ten and zero. Right, he doesn't have the experience, but even his training partner, Alexander Gustafson. You talk about one of the best guys ever yeah. to not win a belt, Hall of Fame career. Yeah. You can argue, of course, absolutely. So. He even said he's a lot to handle. Like he is the real deal. Yeah, no. He, if he, Gus says he's the real deal, you better believe it. A hundred percent. I think he's just going to keep getting better. Obviously, with experience. Did you see how many are in the UFC out of the ten? It's like maybe six. Five four. for sure. Four. Okay. Oh, yeah. four. Okay. Because I, I remember him coming in not having a ton of yeah a ton of fights. But I mean, stud. That's the best like adjective, man. Like, and I think as he progresses and just keeps learning and growing and. In that this environment, like, I mean, it's all they're all sharks. All the coaches are sharks. All the fighters are sharks. Like, there are no fish. All the fish are gone. And like to see him in this 
like arena, he's just going to keep getting better and better. And better. Whether there's a title on the line or not, the mm-hmm. fantasy matchup I want to see at 170 over the next year, two years, mm-hmm. few years is Hamza Chimaev versus Islam Makachev. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would definitely, I, I'd pay, I'd pay to see that yeah. for sure. That's my, that's my. How uh, far down the line do you think like that that could be? Year and a half minimum. Yeah. To three yep, years. Yeah. I'd think about two years, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. That'd be a hell of a fight. Awesome. A hell of a fight. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to say that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Very comfortable underwear. Got you a couple pairs. Yeah. I just grabbed them. I'm not sure what sizes. I'll get you the right sizes. I but love it, man. It this separates the balls from the shaft. Nice. It's unique. Nice, because I'm old. It's, I need that separation. And it's comfortable. Hell yeah, man. Did you hear that, guys? Like, I can be a spokesman too, man. 100%. I'm old. Uh, definitely. He needs it. <laughs> Thank you, Promo code SHMO, sheathunderwear.com. Right. I love it, man. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What do you have to say, Helene, with Helene Sports? <laughs> we appreciate you having you on. Mm-hmm. And I know not only do you have Kevin Holland this weekend, but mm-hmm. also we had Laura Murphy in mm-hmm. not too long ago. Uh-huh. She has that fight against... Misha uh, Tate. Tate. Yeah, we're yeah. waiting to see if it's main event. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of like I just you know we train and and that's it. I love her to death. I talked to her last night, but we have no idea. You know, um, the only thing I could think of is like I said, I don't know if there were going to be females headlining like the card before. I, I have a feeling that there is, but I could easily see that being a, a headliner. Is um, the females headlining? Isn't it um, Amanda Lemos and um, Andraj Jessica? Andrage? That is it. I think that is the fight. I think it's right before. So I don't mm. think that, I don't know if the UFC would st- like stack. What's the date for that one? The May 20th? the 14th. Yes, that's right. May 14th. Um, uh, but yeah, she's coming up. I uh, love her to death. And shout out to Coach Joe, her husband. He's amazing. He's our jujitsu coach at the gym. And he's been working with Derek a lot lately. The baddest blue belt. Yeah, exactly. One stripe blue belt. Oh, nice. So what we'll give him, he got some takedowns <laughs> for this one. So we'll give him uh, another stripe. But uh Rafael Alves is fighting um, April 30th, and I'm telling you, he's somebody to, to watch, man. I, I'm, he is an absolute freak. And, you know, I got him uh, for the uh, the Mark DeCasey De fight. That's when I did his first camp with him, and he's a pleasure to work with, an absolute animal. So he's fighting April April 30th. Awesome. We appreciate you coming in the Schmo Zone. Thank you, man. I, dude, I, I want to come back again. I want to talk more nerd stuff. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It, it took yeah, a great he, twist. He loves it. Yeah. Because, and once, I do have to add, we were driving at night, and then you saw this, like, green light mm-hmm. shoot from the sky really far away, and you're like, Helen, come on, what is that, you know? And I was like, uh, isn't that from, like, the Luxor or something? Oh, <laughs> man. Did you figure out what it was? Was it? <laughs> it was somewhere on the strip. <laughs> Uh, if that was the case, yeah. I think she's fabricating the story. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. There was there was a night and it was, was towards it the alien? military base. Ah, no, no yeah. she's come on, David. <laughs> Born and raised here. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Not far from Area Fifty One. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could be in on the whole thing, Helen. <laughs> you could be in on the whole thing. Now you're thinking the right <laughs> way. That's it. No, man. Thank you, guys, man. I love you guys. Always great to, to, to hang out with you, for sure. We love you, too. Episode yeah, 96 you. of the Schmozone Podcast. Greatest episode ever. Ever. <laughs> we are out. Also, the best draft year, 1996, in NBA history. Kobe Bryant, oh, Ray geez. Allen, wow. so, Allen Iverson, so many legends. Wow.